Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude fighting through this frog because coach was coaching this weekend. But y'all know how we do it, man. It was an amazing weekend. Had some highs. Had some chills. Didn't even have any lows. Just some chill. Oh, man, it was a great weekend. Thank you guys for all the love and support. I can feel it. I can see it. And I also read it a lot. <laughs> even some of the hate. I'm like, all right, good. Let's disagree, y'all, so we can learn and unlearn. Keep the convos going. But you know how we start off every show with what's up with that dude? Well, um, that dude went 2-0 and this weekend in my little sports leagues. Yes, Coach Phil Belichick, as I call myself, uh, went out there and we had a tough one in basketball. Golly, this team had uh, probably one more great player than we did, so it was tough, man. They were out there just playing or on the perimeter, had plays, running them, even try to set a couple screens like we were doing. It was crazy. So we jumped out early, like 10-2, then they caught up, had the lead for most of the game. But my itty bitties, ooh, they got the heart of champions, and they start fighting and fighting, and we end up winning that game. Uh, the best part about it all is really these guys learning the game of basketball and also unlearning some of the things they thought about basketball. Like, they never thought basketball was physical. It's hilarious. I showed up to practice one time with a tackling pad, like a real pad, and they were like, what you going to do with that? This ain't football. And I was like, nah, y'all getting this paint. Y'all going to realize how it feels to play basketball. They still didn't believe me. And I was going through practice, just tearing them kids up. Finally, they got in the game. Beep, beep, beep. I said, I told you, it's physical in basketball. Somebody lied to you, telling you that basketball is not physical. So that was great. But in football, oh, my God. So we were playing a team that we played in the championship last year, and they've added to their team. I'm not saying they're recruiting, even though I said that to them yesterday in jest. I was like, damn, y'all team look big. And some of them kids I know from other teams, so 
that's the way it goes. They had a big loaded squad. Uh, it was it was intense. It was some electricity in the air. Coaches on the side were having little bets. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. They were over there place bets. He asked me, "You want to bet?" I said, "Dog, I don't gamble. I'm just trying to have some fun." But at the same time, they were saying we were favored, and I was like. Yeah, I would have believed that if I didn't see all these additions to y'all, but hey, let's go play the game. Well, we went out there uh-huh, and balled out, man. It was a good win for us. I can't say convincing. Uh, I think it was 22 to 12, but that last touchdown came in the last play because our kids start mentally celebrating. They thought the game was over. I was like, one more play, and they gave up a touchdown. Point being, we went against the amazing team, and we responded in an amazing way. Proud of my itty bitties in that one. They came in with a game plan too. Let me tell you what they did. They tried to triple team MJ because MJ is a lot of our running game. Not all, but a lot of our running game. And in this league at seven, they really can't pass that well. Quarterback throws a great guy drops it. Quarterback throws a bad pass. The receiver was open. You know how it is. The seven years old. But this time, woo! I saw the game play. I was like, oh, y'all trying to shut down MJ? Smart. Okay, MJ, you in disguise mode. And we threw three deep bomb touchdown passes all off the skies, off the running game. So that's why I love football. It's always a chess match, just like in life. Other than that, went to our gala. I heard you can't call it gala no more because this gala raised over one and a half million dollars. I got, dang, I call you whatever you want, girl. <laughs> it was a gala. Uh, it was great. Tremendous time being with all the adults letting their hair down, and acting a fool. That was tremendous. Well, let's talk about a real beast. I mean, Bronny James has now committed to USC. Let's talk about this story because LeBron also doubled down on saying, yeah, I want to play with my son in the NBA. So we know who Bronny James is, four-star guard. We know who LeBron is, the GOAT or second best player ever, most people would say. Bronny, six foot three, uh, people who like his game and saying his game is continuing to improve and it will be NBA ready if he could grow a little more because he's a three and D guy, but he's a six foot three, three and D guy, whatever. He was still ranked number 19 as a prospect from ESPN in their top 100. So it sounds like he a beast to me. McDonald's All-American, but let's get to this. First, LeBron said he's the first in his family to go to college. All right, Bronny. All right, Bronny. Well, your dad's the GOAT or GOAT-ish, and you are the first to go to college. Now it sounds like you're paving your own way. So got to give him props for that. But LeBron is like, look, go to college or not, I know where this better end. It better end in the NBA because he's like, I was serious, and I'm still serious about it. Obviously, I got to continue to keep my body and my mind, I think my mind most importantly, fresh. But at the end of the day, I've done what I had to do in this league, and if my son is going to take his journey, go get it. All right, respect to him for that. But if LeBron was waiting on Bronny, and Bronny went to SC, played one season, LeBron will be 40 during that rookie season. So that's part one of it, right? And LeBron's not putting any pressure on him, even though, you know, privately, it has to be some real talks about, yo, the world is expecting you to do something. What are you feeling about that and how that role looks to you? But he said his job is just to support his son. And that's that he has a real relationship. It's about listening to his son and what he's going through, the highs and the lows. All right. So now 
LeBron's going to be playing well enough at 40. We can all admit it now. Like, there is no birth certificate mattering with LeBron James. At 40, he's still going to be beasting. He's still going to be one of the best players in the league. All right. Now, Bronny also got to develop and be a one-and-done or, you know, get to the NBA, whatever that takes, how long that takes. So he has to become a real prospect. All right. And then a team needs to find a way to draft Bronny and to get LeBron on their roster. And I think that's the hardest part, right? What roster is going to be in position to draft Bronny if they do draft Bronny? What situation will LeBron be in to where he can actually join that same team? So I think all three of these things happening is going to be unlikely. Like, I think Bronny makes it to the NBA. And I think that LeBron going to be sitting there still balling. And I think that it ain't going to be on the same team. That's tough. But we did see it with Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr., but it's going to be tough because you know LeBron is always going to try and sign those one-year deals. But if Bronny gets drafted to, let's just say, uh, Orlando, is Bronny really uh, – is LeBron going to go play for Orlando? Like, really? Like, are you going that far with it? You leaving L.A.? Like, this sounds amazing like most fantasies, but in reality, I think it's going to play a different way. So my real question to y'all is, because I'm amazed by even the prospect of this, Y'all want to see this? Y'all want to see Bronny and LeBron on the same team? Or nah, y'all ain't even tripping. Y'all like, all right, too damn fairy tale. Ain't no reality in it. Tell me in the comments. Let's talk to it. Thanking you guys for your viewership on Brinks TV and your membership while this world on YouTube. Let's get to Jokic. Big old Jokic. Jokic built like a bathtub, ain't he? Like he built like a water balloon. Ain't no muscle in sight, but that sucker a beast. I hated that when you size somebody up. You're like, oh, nah, because you can't lie to yourself. So when you don't think enough of somebody, <laughs> they catch you off guard. And let's just say uh, Jokic in this game shouldn't catch anybody off guard. But when you size them up and you see them water balloons everywhere, you're just like, dog, ain't no way he out here beasting like that. But he is. But he ain't just beast on the court yesterday. He went into the crowd and got a little beastie over there. So he shoves the Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, but was not ejected. All right, so he got assessed a technical foul late in the second quarter, game four. We were watching it uh, because of that courtside incident that was just a little weird. Let's talk about it. All right, so he went to, to get the ball, right? And you can see the video right here as we're going to go and talk through it. But he went to check on a Suns player. Ishbia was like looking around and then looking at a Suns player. And while holding the basketball, Jokic is like, dog, give me the ball so we can go out there and get a five on four. Smart player. We already know it. So he's trying to get the ball real fast. And then you just see the ball <laughs> go to the other side. And he's trying to get the ball from Ishbia. And then Ishbia, he looks at him like, I swear he digested like who that was. It wasn't just a fan. Because he looked at him like, bruh. And gave him one of these. Gave him one of those, hey, stay out the club. You know what I mean? Like, chill. ID first. You know, like, you ain't getting in here. And then Ishbia, who used to play basketball. Remember he went Michigan State, walked on, and they won the championship that year? He went into his basketball mode. Took off his owner's hat and said, oh, flailing, flopping, doing all that, right? He ain't had to fall like that. He ain't get hit like that. But at the same time, should he have gotten hit? Obviously not. So now he flies backward to the crowd and uh, you made contact with a owner, a fan in his chest. So everybody's like, oh, this is a big old story right here. Okay. Now we also got comments from Coach Malone who said he thinks it's crazy that Nikola 
Got a technical foul in that situation. He's going to get the ball. Some fan is holding on to it like he wants to be a part of the game. Just give the ball up, man. Damn. <laughs> and then they all had to remind him. Every reporter, every time they asked him about the incident, they was like, did you know who that was? And he was like, oh, it didn't make a difference to me. That's what Coach Malone said. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I really don't care. And I'm with him. I don't care. Once you ain't between the lines, you just a fan. I don't give a damn how fancy a fan you are or how rich a fan you are. All right, so let's get to it. Let's talk about it. Both of them are in the wrong, obviously. Okay, this incident doesn't occur, doesn't grow, doesn't become more than it is if you just give up the damn ball. Anybody in the crowd, give up the ball. I've been in the crowd. Y'all been in the crowd. It ain't that damn hard. You know in an NBA game, you ain't keeping the ball. Baseball, yeah, have your fun, right? Football, eh, I've always doubted that. Like in football, I've seen some cats keep it, but usually it's the players throwing it, right? So if it's a ball in action, I always see those guys over there with it, pulling the net up and pulling the net down. They'd be like, hey, give me that, give me that, in case it misses the net. So football is even dicey, but the basketball ain't nobody stupid. Give the ball back, including the owner of the other team. So they're both in the wrong. So let's talk about first. Super fan man, the owner. Why is he wrong? Not only the, holding the ball, but getting in the middle of it. And then he touches Jokic first, gently. But he touches Jokic first. And Jokic's like, dog, I am not here for no smoke. I'm bigger than all y'all stacked on top of each other. Can y'all stop playing with me? Just get the damn out the way. Give me the damn ball, Keyshawn Johnson, right? But at the same time, you can't get frustrated at that moment to the point where you put hands on somebody, especially hands on somebody that you looked at squared up. And I'm not so certain, even though Yoki said he didn't know who he was, I'm not so certain that's how it was. That's how he really felt. Why? Because every time I played and there were people on the sideline or people there, it would just get around. Like, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. Even if you don't know who they are, like Howard Stern, let me stop. Uh, the point is, you just be like, people would tell you, oh, that's the dude that owned the team, or oh, that's the dude that just bought the team. I'm not sure that Jokic knew or not, but that stare he gave, because remember he was standing there and he looked, he was like, oh, you? <laughs> it felt like he was like, oh, you? Get out the way. And this is why I know Jokic was wrong, even if he didn't know or he did know. Would you do that to an old lady? Like, if that was a little kid or an old lady, you're going to look square at them and then still give them that under the intensity of I got to get back down and get a five on four. You ain't doing all that. So Jokic is in the wrong. So Jokic is in the wrong. Superman fan, which is obviously the owner is in the wrong in this situation. What should the NBA do? Not suspend a damn soul, not do a damn thing. Why? Because this is an incident where they're both wrong. So they're going to have to cancel each other out. It's just that simple. But I don't get why the owner even thinks that kind of flex. Like, this is kind of leaky to me. One of them owners that I bought the team, so now I bought the rights to do whatever the funk I want to do when I'm at my games, at my team's vicinity. That ain't right. You can't do that. You can't be an owner and say you're buying opportunity and access to be on the damn court. That ain't it. And if the ball flies your way, I would think you're smart enough to get the ball back on the court in the game to play. So that's wrong. And then Jokic is wrong because he sized the dude up, looked him dead in the chest, in the face, and gave him one. So you can't do that as well. All that said, technical foul, I probably wouldn't even call the technical foul. Not me. But they already have. That's enough. Scratch that. Erase that. 
it's all done, okay? So hopefully they don't come down with no harsh suspension because that would be stupid. Leave Jokic alone. He did what he did, but he was also prompted to do what he did from the only person in there that uh, he can sue <laughs> and get something back that he cares about. Jokic's like, oh, you? I get some of that. That's the only thing about it. Unfortunately, uh, all too often we're talking about these type of stories, but I really have to bring these attention and really have to discuss these because I don't want our country to become desensitized or even more desensitized to these tragic events. And it seems like it happens a lot. I know I grew up around gun violence and growing up around it, it just didn't seem like it was on the public's conscious enough. And now it seems like it's being talked about more than ever, but we need actions to change these as well. So let's talk about the latest incident where a gunman kills eight in a rampage at a Texas outlet mall in the nation's 200th mass shooting of this year. And y'all know we're only in May. Gunman fired into a crowd at a suburban Dallas outlet mall Saturday, killing nearly eight people and injuring seven others as the images of the severely wounded shoppers, you can see them all on social media, all on the news, all right? And obviously, I played for the Cowboys, and I lived in Dallas before and had been to this area before, right? And so obviously, it's haunting to anybody because then you put yourself in that place, Dallas or not. Have you been to a mall before? You've been to an outlet before? Cars that go by, you know, all those kind of things. Now... This is how you start to go down the slippery slope. You start to go into places of prejudice. You start going to places of stereotyping. This is where you start to become distant from your neighbor because now you don't trust people in this world, right? In our country. And you don't trust just going to the mall anymore as just, hey, how much am I going to spend? But more, will I make it home is also a thought or a consideration. Unreal. At least three of the survivors critically injured. Gunman was fatally shot by the police officers in that area. Okay, so they said he pulled up in the gray Honda Accord at the premier outlets in Allen, Texas. And then the man began firing. Unprovoked, just start firing on people walking on sidewalks outside the outlet center. Now, it's a popular shopping spot with all the big stores there. So, you're obviously, you're going to see those type of people and crowds, right? Everyone's going to be there. Now, there were two other mass shootings on the same day, Chico, California, and Columbus, Ohio, all right? Now, a lot of people were trying to be focused on We had the sporting events. You had F1. You had Kentucky Derby. You had the NBA playoffs. But this is still going on between our borders, okay? So... Now let's talk about the mass shootings and the frequency, right? 200 already in May. It's averaging out to be about one a week. And what's happening is if you look at the database about these mass killings uh, and the mass shootings, because this was a mass shooting and mass killings, they're defined differently, right? One is four more people shot. One is four more people killed, obviously. So the numbers are just staggering right now. And the mass killings happen in public settings, we all know as well. Okay, so now let's talk about this because we lost some lives and not only lives, but children's lives as well. As you guys know, I'm a partner in Argo, Alliance for Responsible Gun Ownership. 
Um, there are just a few things that we have to do. First, we can't be on the fence with this issue, right? And I think I am primed to be one of the people to speak on this issue just because of how much of my mental space was preoccupied with the fear of getting shot growing up. Like you always hear that. You hear that adage, you hear a line from some kid in the inner city, you know, like, ooh, what's, what's, what do you want to be when you grow up? I just want to graduate. I just want to make it past 18. And I know that it got sensationalized, but that was real. Like in terms of my goal wasn't to make it to 18, but my fear was I wouldn't make it to 18. If you get me, my goals were much loftier and greater than just living past the age of 18. But there was a tremendous fear of what I make it. I've been through three, four different incidents of being shot at bushes moving, etc. I had guns drawn on me once, twice, etc. And that was in the eighties. That was in the nineties. And here we are, 2023, still dealing with this issue. Um, we need to get off the fence of this issue and we need to get from the extremes on this issue, right? For the people who are saying ban guns, that's not happening, right? And that's also absolving you, the individual and people and gun owners of the responsibility that comes from it, that comes with gun ownership, okay? And then we're also not going to just say ban guns, but we're not going to give a free for all that you can just show up with an ID and buy some gum and a gun, right? We got to really look at closing the violent misdemeanor loophole. That's one of the things we could do in legislation, pass some state level gun permit laws. Okay. You guys want to talk about actions? Cause a lot of times we just sit there, thoughts and prayers, our hearts go out, but we don't take steps. Okay. So let's take some steps. Implement a state and federal background checks. Yes, you heard me. That's right. We're going to know who you are. We do it for credit. You do it for credit. What, what kind of credit are you going to have if you're getting shot at or you're killed, right? Who cares about credit? State and federal background checks and enact the red flag laws with due process protections. Now, I do respect the due process, right? We're going to go through your history. We're going we're gonna to see who is deemed responsible and who's not. And I know that's judgmental to a point, but we're going to do it with respect to the due process. But those are some action items and there are more, but those are high level action items that you need to start being mindful of and starting to also make sure who you vote for, who you listen to, your local politician, etc., is in support of action items, not just the same old thoughts and prayers goes out to and then supporting the lobbyists who are enabling this type of gun culture. It's time to stop it. R goes on the mission. Be on the mission with me. The Oakland A's announcer uses the hard R when talking about his visit to the baseball Negro League Museum. Yes, Glenn Kuyper has now been suspended indefinitely for using the N-word on air. And you guys can take a listen to it and then let's talk through it. We had a phenomenal day today. Negro League Museum and Arthur Bryant's barbecue. Yeah used the n-word but didn't use it in the sense that we've been seeing it of late right with the the ah or the a or the uh whatever you want to say and wasn't really baited by rap or rap culture or content or lyrics or anything of that nature which gives this one a whole different breath of life let's talk through it all right so you use the hard r 
when he was excited and talking about his visit to the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. And the way he said it, with no flinch, with no hesitation, and really no stop down or doubt or recourse. Like, he didn't come back and, like, revisit it. I was like, whoa, that's a tough one. Now, this is going to be interesting because we're going to talk through it as we unpack it. All right. So he quickly apologizes and makes a statement that day in the game. And the next day, apology statement as well. Now, let's go into the background check, as people would like to do, even though there's a first-time offender in every single thing in this world, you know, so be careful the background checks, because it's going to be somebody's first time doing something. But clean reputation, well-respected prior to this incident. The A's quickly denounced Kuiper's language after the game, okay? So they didn't distance themselves, but they made sure we draw a hard line as we go through this process. So suspend it. And will remain off the air until a review of his on-air racial slur is completed. Review. Y'all hear that? You know what a review means in this moment? We have to measure how much backlash he's getting from the public to see if we can keep him going or not. So basically, can we bring him back on and this stays under the radar? You know, or is this going to be something that's just going to be hot fire, hot button, and forever going to come back to haunt us? Therefore, we got to let him go. Because the video, what is it, 15 seconds? <laughs> Under review? What are you reviewing? You're reviewing the response by the collective, which is obviously a part of this conversation. So now the Negro League Baseball Museum president, Bob Kendrick, he actually called for forgiveness. He said, I'm aware of the unfortunate slur made by Glenn Kuyper. I welcomed Glenn to the NLBM yesterday and know he was genuinely excited to be here. The word is painful and has no place in our society. Ooh, ooh, let's talk that. And while I don't pretend to know Glenn's heart, I do know that my heart is one of forgiveness. Yeah, I like that. Hope all of you will find it in ourselves to do the same. Okay, I like the forgiveness part, but we sometimes go too far with forgiveness in terms of what we really do forgive. Because then you can tell when people are not really forgiving everything because they say, I, I forgive, but I don't forget. Every time I hear that, I'm like, so that means you don't forgive. Like, what do you mean you don't forget? So you're going to hold it against somebody that you forgive? <laughs> oh, no, you're not. You're going to hold it against them because you didn't fully forgive them. It is like you can't be half pregnant. You can't kind of forgive. You know, because now all of a sudden you didn't forgive them for that because they took the hit from that, right? So forgive, but don't forget. It's basically saying, I really don't forgive you, but I can deal with you. I could be cordial to you, right? I accept you on these new terms. So it's kind of weird when people say that. That's what this sounds like to me because he wants to forgive them, but at the same time, he knows that that won't be what he represents, which is the Negro League Baseball Museum, and it won't be what the Oakland A's represents, which is the city of Oakland, baseball fans, etc. That's going to be tough. But he did get some support from also the former A's great, we know Dave Stewart. He went out there and said also, it's an unfortunate mistake, but he deserves a second chance. Okay, so I ask you, is this nothing, something, or everything? Woo! Well, well to me... <laughs> This one is everything. Why? I believe that people get second chances. I believe that, hey, you make slip ups. I get it. But when you have a responsibility because you are public facing 
And also, when you're someone who is not only a broadcaster, but representing a grand brand, uh, beyond responsibility, you're just graded on a different standard. Extra responsibility and a different standard. And trust me, I'm there and I've been there for 20 plus years. Just can't say everything and you can't slip up on some things, right? Especially the hard R. Like, I don't know what song he listened to. Where do they say that one, right? So it's like, how did that enter the brain? Okay, it's been there. Why is it there? Oh, because it got triggered because you went to see the Negro League. Yeah, and Negro and ER real close to each other in terms of the tongue slippage, right? Really? Oh, man, I, I don't know about that one. So I'm trying to find a way to really absolve him only because I am one who forgives. But I forgive and don't forget. <laughs> and at the same time, this is something that just I don't see how he's going to make his way back. And he's got two black people, prominent black people supporting him. Hey, you're going to have that. And I'm not trying to, trying to torch the dude. I'm just saying some things you say, woo. Because we know how they're connected to the thoughts, words, and actions continuum. So I think he's going to be in trouble with this one. Everything, not because of what I feel fully, but because I think there's going to be nearly impossible to put him back in that same position. But I love the fact that people were saying, and as we heard it, it has no place in our world. It has no place in our society. There are like billions and billions of words, and we're still trying to make this one right. Just ban the damn word, people. And how do you ban it? By just don't use it. Just stop using it. I stopped using it. I used it for probably 20, 30 some years. You know, just really desensitized to it. Not even thinking. Just, oh, mesmerized by the culture. Just in it, right? Then all of a sudden, my wife came and checked me a couple times. I started listening to myself. And I was like, this word is harmful. But more than that, it's just ignorant. And it's impossible to defend saying it. No one has given me a good explanation of why they say it yet. And I've heard a thousand of them. And let me read a thousand more in the comments. But to defend it, you always come off as a hypocrite. Oh, it's a word. Well, then everybody can use it. No, only the people who were offended can use it to now use it for a term of endearment or for good. What? Okay, but then even within that, you know it's not a positive word. It's not giving off emitting positive energy. Oh, yes, it is, because they used to call us this when they were putting us down. Now we saying it just because we cool. Then you can't even border the word. It goes everywhere. White people use the word, yes, they do, at concerts when they hear it, and they're in their private life when they hear it too. Why? Some dude is rapping it, and if that's your song, what you gonna do? Be on, you gonna be on mute the whole time? What you gonna do? Censor yourself? Stop lying to yourself. So impossible to defend, impossible to patrol, impossible to contain. What? And it sounds impossible to say it without coming off as a hypocrite. So for me, I banned the word. For you, hopefully you will as well. Or you find yourself in positions like this. And I just don't see how this is galvanizing, uplifting, or doing anything for anybody. But actually, of late, especially, having people just step in it. So it's a word that should be buried alive. We can watch it all suffer. Watch that word suffer, die. Go away word. Uh, But I love to hear what you guys think about it because I know a lot of y'all use it and a lot of my friends still use it. They, as a matter of fact, tease me because they don't, they know I don't use it. So they come and clown me and call me the word and I just be like, 
you ain't going to get me, dog. But at the same time, there are other people around the world, like my man, Mr. Kuiper, who get caught slipping. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we end every show with a Wiley-ism. Woo! Stop thinking about thoughts. <laughs> yes, stop thinking about thoughts. Um, me and my boy Jabari were walking around wandering in the hood years ago growing up, and we were just laughing at sometimes you could just imagine so much and then you would like think about that imagination and think about what you're imagining. And then next thing you know, you ain't did Jack. <laughs> you're just thinking paralysis by analysis, whatever you want to call it. You're just thinking about thoughts. And we, we finally just like, dog, stop thinking about thoughts. I think it, I process it. I'm gone. Let's go get it. Right. Put some action to that thing. Right. But it's this, it's this situation where a lot of times we plan it out. We map it out. You know, you look through someone's notes, you're like, damn, you haven't done half of this. <laughs> like, you got notes on notes on notes on tasks, on to-do lists, your bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> Had to get my Franklin out. And ain't did Jack. So stop thinking about thoughts, y'all. It's time to get to walking. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dad Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming from more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.